Hey, this is Pastor Steve Berger with This Is That, where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos. We want to thank you for listening today. And remember, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel or to this podcast so you don't miss another episode. God bless you. We pray that this is a blessing for you today. I want to talk to you today about being a marked man or a woman. A marked man, okay? It's going to make sense to you in a minute as we unpack the scriptures. But um, again, no shortage of crazy, no no shortage of chaos uh, in the world or in the church, sadly. It seems that there's just as much crazy going on in both places. Just in the last week, you know, I read the headlines of this six-year-old kid intentionally taking a gun to their school and shooting his teacher. A six-year-old kid with a gun took the gun to school to intentionally shoot his teacher. Now, thank God she's going to survive, and, you know, um, we're grateful for that. But, like, wait a second. What do you mean a six-year-old took a gun to school and intentionally, purposefully shot his teacher. Friends, are things getting crazier by the second? And then it wasn't a day or two later where a 12-year-old girl stabs to death her nine-year-old little brother in the middle of the night and goes and wakes up her mom and says, yeah, I just stabbed my little brother. And the poor little boy died because his 12-year-old sister stabbed him to death while he was sleeping. Now, in both cases, our hearts go out to everybody involved. I don't say this lightly. I know the pain of loss myself. But friends, what in the world? I look at what happened just a couple days. This made international news. All Saints Church in Britain totally revised the lyrics to God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen just a couple days before Christmas. And they omitted, erased the references to Satan and no longer described Jesus as being the Savior. If that isn't bad enough, Listen to what they replaced the original lyrics with. God rescue, excuse me. Yeah, God rescue him for sure. God rescue queer and questioning. Your anxious hearts be still. Believe that you are deeply known and part of God's good will. For all to live as one in peace, the global dream fulfilled. This is from a church. It goes on. They they needed to change more of it. God rest you also women who by men have been erased through history ignored and scorned, defiled and displaced. Remember that your stories too are held within God's grace. What in the world? This is in the church. This is All Saints Church in England. 
changing the gospel narrative of a beloved Christian hymn that is filled with life-transforming truth with a pro-LGBTQ message that is an abomination and contrary to the word and the will and ways of God. And yet a church is doing that. Another one, and I, I mean, there's so many to pick from, but all of this just in the last couple weeks. A guy who calls himself Pastor Dante, affirming and celebrating the, quote, beautiful LGBTQ plus lifestyle, celebrating the people and saying in his little TikTok video that anyone in the church who has said that the LBGTQ plus people are in sin is a bunch of crap. That's a direct quote from this so-called pastor. So the so-called pastor doesn't believe what the scripture says. There he is standing in a church, dressed in a collar and a robe, pretending to be someone who is representing the ways of God and totally making a mockery of God. Friends, things are getting crazier all the time. And I keep telling you, the church better wake up because I see very little signs of the vast majority of the church waking up at all. I've told you repeatedly that we need to be like the sons of Issachar in the Testament where it says that they understood the times and they knew what to do. They understood the times. That means they were aware of current events and trends and and uh, movements within culture. And then they knew what to do. They knew how to, how to act godly in the moment because certain times and seasons require different responses. So they understood the times and they knew what to do. And if the church isn't going to have that Issachar type of anointing right now, man, we're doomed. I'm not, I'm not a doom and gloom guy, but I'm just telling you, if pastors and people sitting in our pews don't wake up to what's happening in culture and society and the chaos that surrounds us, this thing's going to go bad really, really quick. Now, I told you I want to talk to you about being a marked man. Where does this come from? In Ezekiel chapter 8 and 9, it's this really interesting vision that um, Ezekiel is having, and God starts talking to him about all of the abomination, the the sinful wickedness of the people of God and what's happening in the temple, what's happening in society. Ezekiel chapter eight and nine talks about it. You can go ahead and read it. God gives then this vision to Ezekiel. And then he, he, it's recorded for us in Ezekiel chapter nine, verses one through four. And specifically in verse four, listen to what it says. Ezekiel nine, four. And the Lord said to the angel, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done within the city. God sends an angel to go ahead and put a spiritual mark on the foreheads of the men who are understanding the times and knowing what to do, who understand that culture at that time, that the religious 
uh, leaders at that time, that the princes at that time, it was a train wreck, y'all. It was a disaster filled with abomination, filled with things that are a stench in the nostrils of God. And God said to the angel, hey, I want you to go out. You find those men who understand what's going on, who are heartbroken. Listen to me, heartbroken, who are crying and sighing over the condition of the people and you mark them. And everybody who is unmarked, God said, you judge them. Friends, it tells me a couple things real quick. Number one, God is looking for people. God is looking to mark some people who understand what's going on and then take action about it. The other thing is, God doesn't just sit by when all kinds of abomination and wickedness is happening. In fact, I believe it was in uh, chapter eight where it says that they just thought, hey, God doesn't care. He doesn't see. He doesn't know anything about what's going on. Let me tell you, God knows what's going on. God is what watching what's happening in the church in America. God is watching what's happening in government in America. He's not blind. He's paying attention. And in the midst of chaos, what is God looking for? He's looking to mark some people that understand what's going on and are moved by it, who care about it, who are concerned about it, who are giving themselves over to crying and sighing over the condition. Their head isn't in the ground. They're not pretending. They're not being ostriches. They understand that the word and the will and the ways of God are being not just broken, but violently resisted. This is serious stuff. So God is looking to mark some faithful people. And I just want to ask you, are you one of those people? Do you understand what's going on? Are you paying attention? Or do you have your head in the sand? Are you sleeping or are you awake? Because God is looking to mark people who get it, get what's going on, and are doing something about it, okay? Um, being a marked man, someone who sighs and cries over the sinful condition of the nation and the people of God. So I'm gonna give you three quick things. If this speaks to you and you realize, dude, I've gotta wake up. I'm gonna give you three quick ways on how to be a marked man. We've discussed a little bit of it already. Number one, you've gotta understand the times. You've gotta know what's going on and you've gotta be awake. It just has to happen. But that in and of itself, it's not enough to be able to look at it and go, oh yeah, man, things are serious. Things are serious in government and politics and things are serious in the church and things are serious in culture. And man, we have sinned against God. We have broken his law and we need God. We need God. You can't just understand that, friend. You have to then do something about it. You have to care next. Understand, number one, care. Number two, you got to care about lost people to the point that you're willing to sigh and cry over them. When's the last time you shed a tear over God-haters? When's the last time you've shed a tear or cried out to God in your prayer closet that God would move and save to the uttermost? Do we care? Do we really care? Or are we just aware? So you got to go from aware to care. 
sighing, crying, calling out to God? Does sinful craziness even move? Does it move the needle of your heart at all? Or are you too fast asleep to even understand or care? Listen, I'm, I'm challenging you. I'm not here to condemn you or point my finger at you. I'm saying we need to wake up. We need to understand what's going on. And we need to care enough about the depravity of our culture to stand in the gap and do something about it. Next, you've got to act. You've got to understand. You've got to care. And then you've got to act. You've got to do something about it. Later on in the book of Ezekiel, when God is again talking to Ezekiel about how the prophets and the princes and the priests and the people are all corrupt. Listen to what God says there in Ezekiel 22:30. He said, Ezekiel, I'm looking for someone who will build a wall, who will stand in the gap before me so that I won't destroy the nation because of all of the corruption. Who's going to stand in the gap? Who's going to build a wall? Who's going to pray? Who's going to intercede? Who's going to sigh? Who's going to cry? Who's going to represent a broken, depraved people before a holy God? And God said, I couldn't find anybody. There wasn't anybody there. Now, of course, Ezekiel was there. We know that he marked other people. But generally speaking, the vast majority of the people unmarked and uncaring. See, I don't, I don't want that for me. I don't want that for you. I want you to be a marked man. I want when God looks at your life, he's seen somebody who is sighing and crying, who is caring, who is understanding, who's building a wall, who's standing in the gap, who's crying out for a church, a nation, and a world that is getting crazier by the minute. Friend, it's not enough just to sit back and understand or acknowledge it. We've got to care and we've got to act. You know, I was reading the book of Nehemiah again recently, one of my all-time favorite books, and, and I'm, I'm reading chapter one and I'm going, you know what, Nehemiah, although it doesn't say specifically, Nehemiah was a marked man. And in chapter one, it talks about Nehemiah visiting with some people who had come back from Jerusalem and were there in Babylon where the people of God were in captivity. And it says that Nehemiah asked, hey, how are the people in Jerusalem? How are the people that have escaped and, and are there right now? And they say, man, the people that are there, it's not a good deal. The walls are burned down. The people are in despair and reproach. It's a, it's a bad time for the people of God. And what does Nehemiah do? Nehemiah, because he's a marked man, gives himself over to sighing and crying, to praying and fasting. His prayer is recorded there in Nehemiah chapter one. Use it as a model. If you need to know somewhere to start, read Nehemiah chapter one and watch a marked man cry out to God over the condition of the nation and the people of God. My question is, where are the Nehemiahs today? Where are the Nehemiahs today that understand what's happening, who are praying, fasting, crying, confessing the sin of the nation, what we call identificational repentance, where we identify and 
and ourselves, whether we're guilty of these sins or not. We take these sins on as though they are our own and confess them before a holy God and ask him to have mercy, to forgive, to heal, and to restore us. Where are the people like Nehemiah, a marked man, who's willing to get out of his comfort zone? Man, Nehemiah was cupbearer to the king, y'all. He had it made. He could have just been quiet. He could have just ridden it out and lived in the lap of luxury as one of the most trusted people to the king. He couldn't do it. With what was happening in his time when he heard how bad it was and he understood, he knew that he had to care and he knew that he had to act. And so he was willing to break out of his comfort zone and get engaged. And beyond that, how far did Nehemiah, the marked man, go? He was willing to risk his own life. The scripture says that he went in before the king after he heard this news. He went in before King Artaxerxes Longimanus, and it said that he had a sad countenance. Now, if you know anything about Babylonian law, nobody could appear before the king with a sad countenance. And yet Nehemiah went with a sad countenance in hopes that the king would ask him and say, what's wrong, Nehemiah? He would then be able to tell the story, risking his life, and make the ask that he eventually did to go back and to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Nehemiah, a marked man, risked his life, obeyed God, fought devils, restored the broken. He was a marked man. So when I look at what's happening in culture today, and I read the scriptures, and I look at the nation of Israel, and what God was calling men and women of God to do and to be when the nation of Israel was much like the United States of America today and the church in America today. What was it that God was calling them to do? I don't see many of us doing it now. I see us living like the church of Laodicea, where we say, we're rich, we have need of nothing, we're all good, everything's just fine. Just don't challenge me in my comfort, in my happy little bubble. Don't bother me with, with six-year-old shooting teachers or 12-year-old stabbing their nine-year-old sister or false prophets promoting, you know, all of the nonsense that's going on. Friends, it's time, it's past time for you to live your life as a marked man and as a marked woman. I'm telling you right now, you'll be in the minority you'll be in the minority. Most people would prefer comfort and ease and just going about their business. So long as they're happy in their little nuclear microwave soccer world, they don't want to be challenged. But God is looking for people he can mark, marked men and marked women who sigh and cry who care and act. I want to challenge you today. Be a marked man. Be a marked woman. In the name of Jesus and for the glory of his kingdom, for the saving of a backslidden church and for the saving of a nation that's gone crazy. God's looking for us. Let's answer the call. God bless you guys. I look forward to seeing you next time 
on This Is That, where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos. God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.